We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. CBS NFL insider, but more importantly, <laughs> a very informed, very passionate, yep. now very disappointed mm. U.S. Mm. soccer fan. JLC, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Oh, I've been better, but, uh, <laughs> you know. Better days are ahead, I suppose. I mean, this this better be rock bottom. Yeah, right. Uh, now, as you're watching this last night, I mean, is anger the the number one emotion that you had? Um, I mean, the you know, anger in the second half. I mean, what they did in the first half was unforgivable. But given who they were playing, given uh, pull six goal like two minutes in the second half. You know, and knowing that there were still other results at that point that were going their way, I was embarrassed by what I saw. Um, you know, as someone born in the 70s who soccer is kind of my first love and played it and followed it all my life, to see the game evolve and grow in the country and then to watch this group of players just not not even inspired. But yeah, I kind of just kept waiting for a miracle. And, as you know, when it got to the 70th minute and I still didn't agree with some of the tactical moves that were being made, and some of the substitutions, and they weren't really picking it up, you know. Then and then, you know, there was three games going on simultaneously that really mattered for the U.S. And then Mexico decides to really do us no favors, and Costa Rica starts running out of gas, and and now we're in the 80th minute, and it's truly desperate. And there 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 aren't mad scramble after mad scramble inside the six yard box. They aren't just booting balls into the box no matter what. You know, there's a chance or two Dempsey hits the post, but even then, it's kind of like ho hum there was sort of a stage of disbelief. And then when it ended, it was just like, you almost felt hollow. Like, how how, like how did this happen? Like, come on, man. A country of 350 million people against a team that really hadn't won any, really hadn't won a game the entire cycle. Had nothing to play for. Nobody in the stands. Um, hardly a hostile environment. Yeah, the pitch was a little soggy, but I don't want to hear this crap. And and they can't get a point. In Trinidad and Tobago, with with the entire federation sort of on the line, and and all the money, and all the opportunity that comes from going to a World Cup, it's just uh, it's devastating. It should never. I mean, the way this qualifying works, there's absolutely, positively no excuse in the history of the of the world for them at least not being in the fourth position to go to you know play a playoff with Australia. Where at this point, I think they probably would have lost anyway. But come on, fifth out of six teams qualifying in Concacaf, it's an absolute joke. So when you were watching this last night, JLC, at what point did you say, okay, the U.S. doesn't have it tonight? Oh, I go back and look what I tweeted 10 minutes in. I'm like, this is utterly nonchalant. Like, I already have a super bad feeling about this. But that's also tempered by the fact that, you know, if Mexico really wants to, that they can at least draw Honduras some kind of thinking. And, you know, Costa Rica scores an early goal on Panama and goes up. And, and so even then, it's like I, I kind of thought they'd get bailed out, you know. It was more in the second half where I'm like, oh, the results aren't going our way, and these guys still like look like a bunch of pampered pansies who, who aren't showing a whole lot of spirit and a whole lot of gusto, who aren't playing like a team that's in complete and utter desperation mode because that's what they were in, again, specifically the last 30 minutes, and it was not reflected at all. 
in the caliber of their effort, much less the caliber of their play. Gio and Jones with Jason Lacanfori. He's our CBS NFL insider, but we're talking some U.S. soccer with him this morning. Uh, the same excuses come up, and it's the, the lazy excuses of, well, you have guys that are playing different sports, and our best athletes are doing this and that, and, and we understand that. But at this point in the game, uh, that really shouldn't be an excuse any longer. Uh, what do you make of the excuses that you hear about where we are, where we are uh, with the U.S. men's national team? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know about what's an excuse, what's not an excuse. There, there are core root problems at the sort of soul of U.S. soccer that I don't think they've been nearly willing enough to confront, and I hope now they will. U.S. soccer is driven by um, suburban leagues, many of them with, you know, 200 bucks to buy your uniforms and 300 bucks for fees here and 500 bucks to go to this tournament. Soccer is a suburban sport. In the rest of the world, soccer is the sport of urban parks. It's the sport of alleys. It's the sport of a grass field in a densely populated area. You know, I mean, I grew up playing it in an urban park. Um, it's not, it's, that's not, it's not reflected here. College soccer should not be any sort of feeder system for international caliber players or the pro ranks. Everywhere else, by the time you're 15 or 16, if you have some modicum of professional talent, you're in a, an academy training with pros pretty much year-round. You're not just playing two or three months and then having to worry about your eligibility. I'd almost like to see college soccer become a non-revenue sport in the country to still be an opportunity for kids to go and help with their education. But... Uh, you know, the MLS Academy system, yeah, it's getting there a little bit, but MLS is doing a lot for all the other smaller countries around us as well. There needs to be promotion and relegation in MLS. No. The games need to matter like they matter the rest of the world. These guys can't just know they're going to be in the lineup every week because their salary dictates it. No one's re there's no accountability at the highest level of the game with the national team and with domestically MLS, and that's got to change too. The MLS academy system, is it on par with IMG academy system? And I think IMG, that encompasses numerous sports now. Of course, they're in the football. I think they made their name in uh, tennis, and, and now it, it, it has more sports under its umbrella. Well, I mean, about – Boy, I want to say 12 years ago now, maybe it's more that the U.S. partnered with the IMG Academy in Bradenton, and they would identify the best high school talent that they could, the you know, best 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds, and the under-17 team would reside in Bradenton, Florida, where they have, you know, there's a school there at, 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 on that campus. There's, it's a sprawling campus, cafeterias, fields, everything. And sort of that was one of the initiatives. It, it's, it's, it's largely failed. Um, in the in sort of as that has waned, each MLS team has tried to invest more in their individual youth ranks and youth teams and development academies. But but that um, yeah, they really started funding that you know probably about I don't know 15 years later than they should have. That should have been an initial initiative with MLS when it started as a league, you know, coming out of the '94 World Cup. Um, they've I think largely failed in player development. And, I mean, you have to be real. And Jurgen Klinsmann said this, and no one wanted to hear it, but it's the reality. As things stand right now with this climate of player development, our best 15-, 16-year-olds need to be playing in Europe, whether they're with reserve teams or whether they're with youth teams. You know, Christian Pulsic, yeah, he's born in Hershey, and, and he's definitely an all-American kid, but he was groomed and taken to the next level in Germany. You know, that's that's – 
just a fact. And had he stayed playing with teams in Pennsylvania, I think he'd still be on the U.S. national team. I don't think he'd be starting necessarily, you know, for Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League. So, you know, I, that's the, the MLS doesn't want to admit that, and I guess they feel like they can't admit that, and that's why I, I, I get so upset about this stuff because there are factions and cliques, and there's so much politics involved in U.S. soccer, it makes me sick. But they can sit here and claim how great their league is and how the strides they're making in soccer-specific stadiums and expansion. They're not producing talent. And the next wave of kids you're going to hear about, they're playing a couple of them in Schalke in Germany. And they're playing in, you know, in feeder systems for Tottenham Hotspur. And, and, and thank God, because that's still filling the void. And this team, there was a crisis with this team months ago. We had people like Tim Howard and even on the women's side, Abby Wambach talking about, well, these dual nationals, these guys who were raised in Germany and produced there, but, you know, they have American moms. Like, they're not really American, and maybe they don't fight as hard as the other guys. Well, that crap they put out last night, <laughs> the German-Americans weren't there. You can't blame Jurgen Klinsmann. You can't blame John Anthony Brooks. You can't blame Fabian Johnson. You can't blame Timmy Chandler. You can't blame Julian Green. None of them were on the pitch. But those 11 who started and everybody else who came in other than, than Clint Dempsey – that was an absolute disaster. So they better look inward. So to your point about these guys over in Europe, you have these young kids, 15, 16, playing with, with the grown-ups over there. So if you have the wherewithal and the, the resources and your kid is really into soccer, much like you have these select baseball teams, should you contemplate shipping your kid off uh, across the pond to, to further their – It's a huge sacrifice to make, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's very difficult, um, mm-hmm. and so everyone's and it should, you shouldn't have, at this stage you you shouldn't have to do that. Yeah. But I guess it depends on the talent level and what you think the upside is. I mean, let's face it, especially in a country of this size, we're talking a fraction, a fraction, a fraction of one percent of you know kids are actually going to be able to play at an international level where they're going to be able to play week in week out for one of Europe's bigger clubs, represent them in the Champions League, you know, and be an impact player on the national team. Um, but the reality for U.S. soccer is we've had kids um, who were raised in New Jersey. Uh, Giuseppe Rossi played a, a completely, uh, you know, an American kid, born here, um, raised here, plays over here till he's like 14, goes to a youth academy in Italy, ends up playing for the Italian national team. You know, that happened. All the money that Nike has and Phil Knight and the U.S. Soccer Federation, all the money in the system, no one could convince Giovanni Rossi, you know, to play, to come back home to America. You know, it's, I could go on and on. There, there's, a, there's a lot of flaws and there's a lot of blame to go around. Um, but, again, the way this qualifying system is set up, it, it's pretty much there to guarantee the powers in this region who make money for FIFA, Mexico, and the U.S. get through even if they're disastrous. And Mexico almost blew it four years ago, and we bailed them out when Graham Zussi scored a goal against Panama that got them into a playoff. Um, but nobody bailed us out this time, and nor should they have. And you know what? Honduras and Panama deserve to still you know, have their World Cup dreams alive. And uh, the way this team played, they, they just didn't deserve it. But it's, it's not like it wasn't all there for them, and it's not like they weren't good enough. They just collectively somehow chose not to be good enough, chose not to care enough. Um, and, you know, a lot's going to have to change. They looked like a bunch of sort of pampered, spoiled, you know, rich kids. I mean, that's really – I mean, that's how they played. That's yeah. what they looked like. And Damn rich kids. had nothing to play for. Trinidad took it to them.
<laughs> We're talking some U.S. soccer with Jason Lacanfora of CBS Sports. All right, so who should be the coach? Is there is there a right answer? Is oh, there an man. obvious answer there? You know, I, there isn't. There isn't. Um, and that's sort of a whole other issue here is, is U.S. coaching and, you know, the process by which you get certified to move up the ladder and what that entails. Uh, I suspect it'll probably someone who represented the U.S. There was a generation of players who who, who kind of came up with those teams in, in 90, college kids, scrappy college kids who qualified, and then 94, um, you know, when, when we advanced out of the group stage and, uh, you know, hosted the World Cup. A lot of those guys are coaching in MLS now or coaching in college or coaching at other, you know, sort of lower ranks. My guess is that, they, that, that we don't get the level of introspection we probably need here, and they continue to kick the can as they have. I would suggest we need to, to have – so whether you think Jurgen Klinsmann should be the coach, and I would never rehire him as the coach, but some of his ideas, I think, that while they were brushed back against and seemed too radical by the Federation, I think Jurgen Klinsmann involved as a technical director type, someone who sets policies and precedents for player development – who would work hand-in-hand with these MLS academies. It's not even about the national team coach to me as much as it's about are they, A, developing talent, and B, identifying the right talent young enough to help get them, frankly, to Europe where they need to be until we clean up our own mess on this side of the pond. What was the problem with Klinsman? Their team played uninspired soccer. Well, I got news for you. They played uninspired soccer for Arena when he came back to try to save the day, except for a few matches on home soil mm-hmm. when they had all their creature comforts and they knew everybody was going to be rooting for them. But even the games at home where it was an adverse crowd, like when they played uh, in Harrison, New Jersey, uh, where the Red Bulls play, and it was a, it was like a heavy Costa Rica crowd, they, they crawled in fetal position for that one. Too. So, so wait, JLC, so you keep saying they, they played uninspired – is this because of uh, their lot in life? They're doing too good? Well, What's think, the... You know what? I think a lot of the players who were automatics in this lineup, like a Michael Bradley, like a Josie Altidore, instead of continuing their careers in Europe, where they would have to fight every single practice to stay in that match day squad or to stay on the bench or to avoid being shipped out to a lesser team, they came back to MLS for big money four to six years ago prior to the last World Cup in some cases, right after the last World Cup in some cases, and, yeah, they were the big man on campus. They were going to play every week no matter what happened. Most of the teams are going to make the playoffs anyway. There's no relegation. You don't have to worry about your team being sent to a lower league like it would be everywhere else in Europe. And I think that their play all declined. They went from being pushed at the highest level all the time at places like Roma to going to FC Toronto and doing whatever the hell you want to do where you're basically bigger than the coach. And, you know, I, I think the, the – uh, while MLS, I get that they want to have these guys around and that's sort of part of their cachet, it stifled the national team. And this isn't Monday morning quarterback. You can go look at anything I was saying at the time. Like, Michael Bradley, you're still in your, your, your mid to late 20s. Don't know. No, wait another cycle. Don't come back to MLS now. Like, he went from being one of the most influential players on the team to a guy who can't complete a forward pass. Like, to a guy who literally there were times where I would cringe anytime the ball's at his foot. Now, some of that just age and being overworked and all that. I guess, you know, yeah. but does anyone know? I, I defy someone to tell me that Josie Altidore is a better player now than when he went to Europe for the first, well, I won't say the first time, that was a disaster. The second time, you know, I, I think, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. And then there was this infighting I talked about with a lot of the guys who were raised in Germany who still play in Germany. 
and oh, Clinsey's too sympathetic to them, and oh, Clinsey's just oh, going to wow. roll out his German lineup. Yeah. Well, Fabian Johnson was the best player in this country for a couple of years. I know he's nicked up now. John Anthony Brooks is clearly the best defender we have right now, and with him being hurt, it was a disaster. So, you know, I think people need to be careful who they throw stones at. So our, our last question, and we'll let you go so you can vent elsewhere. Is the rest of the, the soccer world laughing at us? I think there's – look, we're, we, uh, I don't want to get on a geopolitical rant, but I, I, I don't think I'm going on a limb by saying there's a lot of countries who aren't exactly inspired by and happy with the USA mm-hmm. based on the state of world affairs. True. So coupled with that – yeah, there's a lot of people saying, yeah, there you go, good looks, good on you, <laughs> ugly Americans, you know, bloated, excess, all that stuff. And this shoe fits, so, you know, everyone at U.S. Soccer should wear it. Um, but there's others who I, you know, there's a lot of people also who just, who want to see the game continue to grow here, you know, who are from other countries, a lot of guys who grew up elsewhere, who played the game, coached the game in this country. And for them it's heartbreaking because it's, it's just, it was a, it was an unforced error. You know, this was one where it took a lot of undoing by these individuals from the top of the federation to the guys on the pitch to reach this point. It, it really should have never happened, and it's still kind of mind-boggling that it did. Um, but, no, there's people who also, I think, feel sorry for us because they look at this country and so many of the untapped resources and the kids who don't get you know, brought into U.S. soccer at an early enough age and, and just the, the way it's done here. And they say, you, you know what, this, this is still somewhat of a sleeping giant, but they're going to have to be open to some radical ideas to actually get where they ultimately want to go, which is to one day win a World Cup. We couldn't be further from that. Jason, tremendous stuff this morning. Yeah. We really do appreciate the time. We'll talk to you soon. I don't know a lot of that soccer ease. but No, 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 no. it's what we wanted yeah. today. We wanted to hear from a guy who's exactly like yeah. you, feeling the way that you do. So and, uh, we appreciate and it. And we hope you get a hug. Nah, that's all right. I'm going to drink some coffee now and <laughs> take the dog for a I while. don't think that's what you need right now, <laughs> coffee, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to take, yes, so. take a swig of alcohol. Yeah, or Xanax <laughs> or something. Yeah, all right. See Thanks, you, man. Guys. All right. Jason Lockett. Woo! T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.